time of fellowship we've been having started with the pastor and his wife last night and this morning and for lunch. Thank you so much for having us. We are thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm, I feel like Christmas right now. Uh, my, my oldest son, uh, he was a, a very um, enthusiastic for Christmas. He was very... Um, I would say that, emotional, and when he was seeing a new gift, and, oh, he was always in awe and everything, and uh, I feel like him, because I'm going to unwrap a gift that I've seen, I've experienced, and I've unwrapped it in front of many people right now, uh, b before today, and I'm still going to unwrap it, and I know what the gift is, but I'm still very excited, because there's a gift to be unwrapped, and uh, well, I'm going to go ahead right now. Um, for 400 years, Quebec has been kept in the dark by the Roman Catholic Church. About 99% of the French-speaking Quebecers were fervent Catholic. Today, if you, see, if you go to small villages, you'll see a huge church that, that can hold the whole village there because about 60, 70 years ago, everybody was going to church, to Mass, every Sunday. And about uh, in the 60s, it started in the 60s, the French people decided to um, turn their back on religion, turn their back on this oppressive uh, way of doing church, or doing religion, I should say. And that ignited a, a passion for being self-centered, to accomplish, to be accomplished by themselves. And for them, for us, it was, it was something that very important that we should be free from every body, free from the English speakers of the rest of Canada, you've probably heard about that, and free from the church, free from it, because we wanted to be our own people. So we rejected God, and we, reje we rejected anything that has to do with religion, and we, we, we became a nation, we became people rooted in hedonism. What, what does that mean? Pleasure at all costs. And it's been, what, 60 years now? Wow. The, the, almost nobody anymore call, would call themselves Catholic. And most would say that they are atheists or agnostic at best. All the older generation, some will say they are not practicing uh, Catholicism. So it's a very secular culture and uh, nation. So um, ministering there is hard. I, I, I've shared one statistic this morning. Let me share some more. Like I said, 0.7% would say that they would be evangelical Christian. Quebec has the highest divorces rate in North America. Quebec comes second in the world for the rate of abortion, 43.6 abortion for every 100 newborn. Quebec is the province that has the highest rate of consumption of antidepressant medications. Listen to that one. The rate of suicide among men in Quebec is double of the rate of the rest of Canada. Quebec is second in the world for the rate of suicide, second in the world for the rate of suicide among teens between the age of 15 and 19 years old. So when you move away, you reject God and you become self-centered, it never ends up in the right place. Point seven needs to reach over 99%. So when God called me for ministry, like I shared this morning, I wanted to go to Russia, but it was very obvious to me that my heart, he, he laid a burden for my people. I knew the language, I knew the culture, 
and God was clear for us that God wanted us to minister in our own backyard. The church size in Quebec, for, for a conservative church, it would be under 50. A church like this one would be under 50 people. And the evangelical churches are mostly under 100. So big churches, I mean, there's one in, in Montreal that has some like 2,000 people, but most of them, they're way over, uh, under uh, 100. To give you an idea how hard it is to minister in Quebec, when we were in Bible school, for between, uh, in four years, we distributed 150,000 invitations to all, to all sorts of events. 150,000 invitations. One person came. One. And he didn't stay the whole service. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We were obeying, we were sowing, and the rest was to God. So right now, I'd like to show you a presentation uh, of, with pictures and videos about Quebec, and pretty much, is a, it's a, pretty much everything that I'm going to say after that will be more in, close up to what you're going to hear in the next few minutes. So go ahead. Quebec is an amazing place to live. The sceneries are outstanding. Anywhere you go in Quebec, you can appreciate the beauty of creation. From east to west, north to south, the landscape of Quebec is a great reminder of the greatness of God. Quebec is unique. Each season brings a taste of how amazing and wonderful our Creator is. From the hundreds of inches of snow we receive every winter to the amazing colors we can see in the fall season, it's easy to praise God for His creation. Quebec is certainly an amazing place to live, but it is also a place of deep spiritual darkness. Between 1627 and 1960, the Catholic Church created a stronghold in Quebec. With their 2,700 churches, the Catholic kept over 99% of the French Quebecers ignorant of the truth. The oppression on the French Canadian united about 60 years ago a massive rejection of anything that has to do with religion. This open rebellion to religion was an open door to create a nation rooted in hedonism. Being called to minister in Quebec is no small task. Most attendance in evangelical churches is under 100. And the average attendance in conservative churches is about 50 people. In our circle, only few churches are self-supported. When one planted conservative church in Quebec, one can expect to minister all his life without ever seeing it graduate, seeing it self-supported. After seeing our first church plant graduated in 2012, God led us to the beautiful city of Quebec. Quebec City is not only beautiful, Everywhere you go, you can see its rich history. When we first came to L'Église Baptiste de Saint-Ville, we found a church of 30%. It was a struggling church. Most people were hurt. We ministered to the people with love and compassion, and by the grace of God, their hearts were touched. Their hunger to see God at work grew. Their passion for the Word of God deepened. A new desire to live for the glory of God took place. 
The first few years were not easy, but looking back, we can see that God was at work and preparing us for something greater. As our hearts were changing, God led key people to us, and then we saw people coming to Christ. We saw spiritual growth and numerical growth. We were so excited. In 2015, Simon was approached to be part of a TV show. The sole purpose of that show is to present the gospel. Simon has the privilege to preach the gospel to at least 300,000 people every week. Through this ministry, hundreds of contacts a year are being sent to churches in Quebec. Monthly, we receive the awesome report that people are coming to Christ. And also, a radio show was added, and then a podcast was also added. We're so grateful that God is giving us the privilege of being part of this ministry. The impact it has on our lives, ministry, and our church is huge. Now we have visitors every week that are a direct result of the media ministry. As for the rest of the world, in 2020, we were hit with COVID-19. Was it easy? Not at all. Quebec was the strictest province of Canada. Like everybody else, we tried our best to keep up with all the restrictions. We even had meetings outside, even though it was 31 below Celsius or 24 below Fahrenheit. More than 60 persons came to that worship service. The focus we had was never on the restrictions, the government, the loss of freedom, the sickness. No, it was on Christ and Christ alone. We became more united than ever. The passion to see God at work went to another level. We started to see people witnessing in a very creative way. God had something special for us. We experienced something unique. We welcomed more than 100% in two years. You remember at the beginning when we said most attendance in evangelical churches is under 100 and the average attendance in conservative churches is about 50 people? Well, we are now 250 people. We are all blown away by what God is doing. Our rapid growth is a testimony that God can do great things even in difficult places. What's next? We're just starting. There's still so much to be done, so many people to reach with the gospel. Please pray for us. Yeah, you heard it. 250 people. Yes. So I'm just going to go over everything that you heard, but just a little slower. So in, two, in, in 2005, God led us to St. Jerome. That's a city north of uh, North Shore of Montreal. And uh, after seven years, uh, we've reached a place where it was time for us to go, to plant another church. And the plan was to plant a daughter church between Montreal and St. Jerome. And, but I've heard of that, that church in Quebec City that was struggling. Uh, I, I knew that that church had a toxic culture, was self-centered. They had many slip, split throughout the years. And so I, I emailed the pastor and I, said, I, I told him, said, would you like me to just replace you for a few months or if you want to go? He was, he was a missionary, so I said, if you want to go and visit churches, just relax. I'm between two works, so I've got plenty of time. So he called back, and he said, Simon, would you like to replace me? Said, That's what I just emailed you about. So, yeah, sure. He said, no, 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 for good. 
And I kind of laughed and said, let me pray about that. But for me, it was a big joke. No way I want to go to Quebec City. But I said, I'll pray about it, and I'll call you back in a week. And uh, that night, I shared that that proposition with Elise, and she also laughed. She said, no way, we're not going to Quebec City. We're not going to that church. No way, we're not going there. So we, it was so important for us that we, even, we didn't even pray together on that subject. But a week later, she said, Simon, I don't know. It seems like God changed my heart. I was like, uh-oh. Mine too. So we started and to visit the church. We candidated, and unanimously, they vote us yes. So in 2013, we, I became the, the pastor of a broken church of about 30, 35 people, kids included. It was a very slow start. They, they needed a lot of pastoral care, which we did, and God was at work. And he brought few people and we were very excited to see new faces. People come to Christ, and, and, you, and we were very excited. But the excitement was not, uh, was not shared with everyone in the church. Because the people that were there before we arrived, they felt that they lost their church. For, for them, they were not happy to see new people. They were not because the, the church had changed a little because there were new faces and we were not doing things that they, they used to do because we were just more and we couldn't do it. So we lost some key people, people that we loved. And we also had a rat invasion in the church. We, my family and I, we used to live in that church and we had visitors, about 10 pounds, visitors. That's without the tail. So uh, we needed to leave that building, and so we, so we moved. That year was very difficult. Difficult for me, difficult for the ministry and my life. It was tough. So in, at the beginning of the summer, I, I've, I've asked the, the, the leaders uh, to pray about our church, our, our ministry. And I told them, we're going to have a leader's retreat in, in, in fall. So uh, we did. So that, that first evening, that Friday evening, I re, I'll remember that evening the rest of my life, I asked them, how are you guys? How do you feel? I mean, what's, where are you at? And every one of them shared that they, during the last year, they wanted to leave the church. That was, that was very excitement, excited. I was so excited about to hear that. But I was also part of them saying, oh, God, please send me somewhere else. Do something. I was very discouraged, and we were all discouraged. But the reason they didn't move to another church, or they didn't go to another church, because they didn't know which church they would go to, because there was no churches in Quebec City that is that are grounded in the Bible. So they they stayed. So the next day, uh, we talked about the church and everything, and they were bickering about little things. And after lunch, I said, "Okay, let's stop that." So we all shared that we wanted to go to another church. <laughs> Okay, let's take the afternoon and let's share to each other what kind of church we would like to go to. And then I start writing what they were telling me. And it was all from the Bible. They were major Christian, well-grounded in the Bible. So they were saying biblical, what a biblical church should look like. And at the end of, of that day, I, I told them, why don't we close our church and open that one? Because... I'm pretty excited about that, that new church. <laughs> that we're, so 
it was unanimous among us. That's what we should do. And so we shared that with the church. So we kind of explained the toxic um, culture that we had. And 75% of the members that were there uh, repented publicly. And then I said, let's close this church and open that one. And we were so excited about that. And from there, everything changed. The week later, during that week, everything has changed. The, the, the unity that we experienced was way, 100% amelioration from what we had the week before. The passion for the lost was there. The willingness to be transformed, uh, to obey the, God's word. I mean, it was a new church with the same people. So then the church is the people. So I don't know what happened beside, yeah, repentance. Yeah, that's what happened. We were about 75 people. And I'm talking about here 2016, 2017. During that time, I was approached to be, a, to, host, to be a host on a TV show. The sole purpose is to present the gospel. And you heard it. I present the gospel to 300,000 people in Quebec every week. And that's only on TV. Uh, there's 80,000 downloads monthly from all around the world. One of my co-hosts <clears throat> went to Africa and uh, I don't remember the, the, the country, but the guy at the costume said, oh, you're Pastor Jeff, when he stamped his passport. He was like, how do you know I'm a pastor? It's, Jeff is written on my passport, passport but not, Je not the pastor part. So he, he went to the hotel, and the guy that opened the door said, oh, Pastor Jeff. I mean, could you imagine yourself going to Africa and being recognized twice the same day? Uh, he said, oh, and he asked the, that man, he said, how do we know each other? He said, well, you're on TV. We didn't know. I mean, he said, yeah, and Simon, and he named all the, the, the guys I invite to the show, and it, he was like, what? So one of those 80,000 downloads a month is a TV channel in Africa, and they're broadcasting the show. So how many people are we reaching there? I don't know. And we know of another uh, TV channel in the Caribbean that are broadcasting our show, and we have, don't have any statistics for them. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? Just for the province of Quebec, we sent between 100 and 300 contacts yearly to churches in Quebec. And when I say contacts, there are people that want to get saved. They want a Bible. They want a Bible study. They're, they're very interested contact. Never, never would have thought that a nobody like me would be on TV. That was never planned. At first, I wanted to say no, presenting the gospel to that many people. About four or five years ago, a man from Republic Islamic of Mauritania, that's a closed country, called the 1-800 number after viewing one of the, the show, and he said, I know what it will cost me, but I want Jesus. I want to convert to Christ. Me reaching a Muslim in a closed country. What is that? I mean, <laughs> me? Really, God? Are you, I mean, are you, do you know the same Simone that I know? Yeah, but he's great. <laughs> I have no word to express my gratitude for the part I'm having in that ministry. Let's go back to the church part. In 2017, 
uh, we started seeing more people come to Christ. And then they, we were very excited. We were excited because there was always visitors. And uh, what we do in our church every morning, we, every Sunday morning, we, sh- we take about five, ten minutes to share stories of how great God is and how we we've seen it. Sometimes we read uh, passages from the Bible. And Mrs. Gagnon, is, uh, she's a different breed, and she likes to share almost every week. She's an elderly woman. And she, she loves, she has a deep passion for the lost. And what she, what she do now, she, she, can't, she can't evangelize the way she used to do, but she found new ways, new creative ways. What she does, she calls uh, Bell, the phone company. And she knows, <laughs> she knows very well that that person on the other side of the line cannot hang up because she's the customer. And she's not calling to change her plan. She's not calling to ask questions. She's not calling to, have, to talk to a technician. No, she's calling to share the gospel to, to that person. So weeks in, weeks out, that's the kind of story she shares. Once, very often she's like, yeah, I, was, I, I, um, I visited the hospital, and we know that she's not sick. And we know that she wasn't supposed to see a doctor. We know that she's, the sole purpose for her sitting in a waiting room for hours was to talk to the people about Christ. So can you imagine having a lady like that? And there's some others. They were, they're sharing those stories weeks in, weeks out. So it's very, it's, it pushes you out of your comfort zone. And God started to bring good leaders in the making. Slowly, God was adding people. And then... Like you heard and like you experienced, like the world experienced, COVID happened. We were about 125 in 2020, which was amazing. Being 125 in Quebec, that's, that's, that's huge. And Quebec was the strictest province of Canada. And like everyone, it was tough. But our people were very creative. They were creative in a way that I'm, I'm still in shock. We... They wanted to share the gospel, and a few weeks, few months, we were at home, and we were not supposed even to leave the house. So uh, some started to go knocking on doors. Was it legal? Not at all. So they were knocking on doors, and the way they were doing it was asking people how they were doing. So how are you doing? They were doing suicide prevention. So that's the, the door they, they used. So of course, people were calling the police and everything, and when the police came, our people, about 25 of our people, uh, told the policemen, well, we just want to make sure people are okay. We want to tell them about Jesus, and we want to make sure they are not going to commit suicide. And the police said, oh, you're helping us. Keep on doing it. <laughs> we found creative ways to do church. Um, like you saw, 31 below. That was one of the most amazing service I ever experienced. Having 60, 70 people just focused on celebrating the goodness of God when everyone was in their home. And it was just amazing. Just amazing. During COVID and when everything started to, 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 uh, to, 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 to reopen, God added over 125 people in two years. That's about, like I said this morning, that's about 25 new converts. I've never seen that, never heard of that. In two years, 25 new converts. That's, 
amazing. A good number of the, the, the rest of those 25 were Christians that left their churches years back. And because of COVID and they started to follow the, the, the TV show and me on, on, on YouTube, they, they started to come back to church, our church. And some other, they, they left their church to come to ours. They, they felt that we were more rooted in the Bible. Believe me, we were the talk of the hour in many pastoral meetings. How come a small church in Quebec City is growing that fast? Even though we were growing, <laughs> we were facing many challenges. And let me name two to you. For a church of 250 people, growing fast is very needy. I am the only pastor, and we only had two deacons. So uh, we needed help, and we needed, I needed rest, believe me. Um, it, was, it was challenging. It was tough. A lot of visitation. Love of, lo when we have so many new people that I cannot know the name of about 20, 30 people in the church, that's, that's unusual. Usually I know everyone. I know everyone's so stories. But now I was in the pulpit and I couldn't, there was about 30 people I didn't know their names. And I could not keep up because even if I wouldn't learn 10, the next week there was 10 more. And we had many more visitors that they didn't stay, but we had many visitors. The second challenge, our room where we meet can sit comfortably, like here today this afternoon, about 85 people. So we had to be sitting 150 people. So a hallway like that, that's, uh, that's very, I mean, we haven't seen that in three years in our church because it's packed. Usually when I preach, the person right in front of me is about that close of the pulpit. I mean, they see me and I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty big and pretty close to them. And there's a room where, uh, there's a special room where about 30 people can sit watching the service on the TV. So there's a little room, about 30 people. There's about 150 people cramped in a small room. It's extremely hot. And there's some other rooms where the kids are. So that was, of course, a big, big, big challenge. And this morning, that's what they had. That's, that, that's every week, it's like that. With the immense blessing of seeing God at work in a way I, never, I would have never dreamed of, come challenges. But that's fine, because like I've shared this morning from the Bible, he still rings. He, know, he knows what he's doing. So just give you, I'm, I'm going to give you some statistics about the church. And I've made those statistics in November. It has changed. It, as, when I say 250, that's in November, so we are a bit more. So 31% of that 250 are between the age of 0 and 17 years old. 22% between the age of 18 and 34. 23% between the age of 35 and 54. And 22% over 55. That's a well-balanced church. And that's very exciting. Now we have 12 deacons and two leaders in pastoral training that are already serving, which is a great, great help. So we grew rapidly. God led key people, and we are blown away by what God is doing. God is good, and he's good in small churches, and struggling churches, and in big churches.
And some may ask, why such growth? What did you do? Oh, I've been asked many times, what did you do? And very often people ask the question, what did you do, so they can do the same thing, experience the same thing. And I don't really know what to answer to that question. Is it because we are very strong on, on outreach? Every week, those 25 kept on going, knocking on doors and do suicide prevention and to, to, to bring the gospel. Is it because of that? Is it because of the social media? There's a lot of young people that are involved in social media. On, on the video, there's a, there's a girl, a young lady that she, she's, she's um, witnessing on TikTok. And one of her videos has over 300,000 views. And she's presenting the gospel. Every video is about presenting the gospel. Is it because of that? Is it because people are witnessing everywhere like Mrs. Gagnon? Is it because of that? Is it because of the unity? Because God has glued us together. And it's, is it because of the love that we have for each other? Is it, is it because we have an outstanding uh, greetings program? Is that it? Well, no one can explain. After COVID, most churches in Quebec were struggling. But we were booming. Why? There's only one answer. To God be the glory. We are only vessels. That's it. Only vessels. I said earlier in the presentation that uh, when the church started to grow in 2016, uh, people, some older people, actually some people that were there before we arrived, some key people left because they didn't recognize their church. Well, Placid and Louise were part of the one that left. They were key people. And they left because they didn't recognize the church and their church. But they came back a few months ago. Of course, they were blown away. If they didn't recognize it back then, it was for them, it was like, whoa, okay, who are all those people? But they came back just to give you how amazing our God is. What's next? Well, about a month ago, we made a deal with the owner of where we meet to be able to have more space, and we will be able to put an extra 100 chairs. Will it be enough? I don't know. Will it, and how long will it be enough? I don't know. If we take those 30 people in that special room, and we, so it's only 70 extra chairs. Hmm. We have visitors every week. We don't know if we're going to keep on growing. If we do, praise the Lord. If we don't, praise the Lord. Like I said, most churches are under 100 people. So if it slows down, may God be praised. It, it doesn't matter. I have no ambition of having a big church. I never had. I will never will. It doesn't matter the size of the church. What I want is to be faithful in small things. That's all. And I want my people to be faithful in small things. The rest is up to God. What we're doing is keeping the ministry extremely simple. We stick to the basics, celebrating together the glory of Christ, digging deep into his word and sharing the gospel as much as we can in so many ways. So this is the way the Bible is telling us to do the church, and we've been doing it for 18 years, and God decided in the last two years that something huge would happen. God be praised for that. As for our family, our oldest son, Jacob, got married about a month ago or so, and our oldest daughter will be married in September. Both have married a, a um, actually, Jacob married a godly woman, and Annabelle is, will be marrying a godly man. And Leah, 
with who's our baby daughter. She's 19 years old, and she should, and we hope she'll be staying with us for next for, for a few years now. But we don't know about that. All three went to Bible school. They love their Savior, and they're heavily involved in our church. Since the growth is quite new, it only has it. Uh, since the growth is quite new, it and it only has. Uh, sorry, and it has only started to impact our budget five, six months ago. We want to wait a few months before we start a transition to be fully supported by the church. Our goal is to just train it what we have right now and to be able to plant daughter churches in the area or in the province of Quebec. We are very grateful for the part you've been having in our lives. You've been reaching with the gospel people all over the world with the ministry, with the, with the, with the uh, TV ministry, with the radio ministry, with the podcast ministry, all over the world, you've been reaching people by supporting us. And we are very grateful to be partners in the gospel. You've, been, you've had a huge impact in our lives and in Quebec. Just to give you a, an idea what kind of impact you've had, when I've shared to the church that I would be gone for the whole summer visiting churches that were supporting us, a lady, a dear lady, she got up, she was bawling, crying, and she said, oh, make sure they know how grateful we are that they're supporting you so you can be here ministering to us. And the whole church starting to applaud her testimony of her gratefulness. So I'm not only here saying we are grateful, our church is grateful because they know what it is to, 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 to have a full-time pastor, and we are so blessed that you are in our lives. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what's been happening. And if you have any questions, I'd like to take a few minutes to answer them about our ministry, about whatever you want to ask. I would be more than willing and open to try to answer them. So if you have any questions, now would be the time. And if you don't, it's okay. <laughs> Pastor Kevin. <laughs> 